It is great to be back from vacation. I am grateful for the time that we are given to do that each year. The place I love the most is the beach. I love the ocean. My problem is I can't keep my head out of the water. Therefore, I came back with a double ear infection. This one is okay right now, it seems, but this is my bad ear. <laughs> this is my good ear. Oh. All right, I can hear, but you're not going to want me doing this the whole time. So I signal the guy in the back to let me know if I'm speaking a little bit too loud. Um, louder than usual, but that's why I couldn't hear you, Rob, at all. So at an early age... We are introduced into the concept of climbing the ladder to greatness. When I was in grade school, we used to play a game called King of the Hill or King in the Mountain. Anybody play that? All right, a bunch of you. I loved that game. Goal of the game, push as many kids in the dirt as you possibly can as you make your way to the top, right? Couldn't play that game today, I don't think. It would go against school code. But if you forgive my fourth grade pride, I was pretty good. All right? I was pretty good. I was often called the king of the hill. That was until sixth grade came around. In sixth grade, true story, a girl named Veronica moved into the Buena Vista School District in Steubenville, Ohio. And Veronica was like, in the sixth grade, looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger. She was big, and I was small. And forever from that day on, it was no longer the king of the hill. It was called the queen, queen of the hill. And I hated it. But deep within us, inside of every single one of us, is a desire to go to the top. And the older we get, if we're not careful, it can become a driving force in our life. Some hope to climb the ladder of success academically, others financially, some vocationally. While the specifics may differ, the intent is the same. We will scratch, we will crawl, we will shove anybody in the dirt that we possibly need to just to make it to the top of the ladder. Now, early on, as we begin this message, let me reassure you that the intent is not to say that there's anything wrong with being successful. In God's word, it, can, it commends many successful people, King David, Job, Joseph, Nehemiah, Abraham, as long as their priorities stayed good, God commended them. Ambition in the proper balance is both pleasing to God and fulfilling to man. But here's the problem with climbing the ladder. To some, it becomes an end all. It becomes the only thing that matters. So if we're not careful, we will celebrate titles. Director principal, superintendent, president, CEO, senior partner. If we're not careful, we get caught up in titles 
that the world may think represents the top. It seems so natural to pursue it because after all, getting to the top, that's the American dream. Everyone loves a rags to riches story where a person is somehow able to have enough discipline and hard work and perseverance to go from unemployment to maybe running a company, to go from being an ugly dump, uh, duckling to the swan. Just keep moving upward. As long as the salary's increasing, the home is appreciating, the stocks are growing, and the sales are soaring, we're okay because we're heading up the ladder of greatness. I want to begin by realizing something. I want to realize two things this morning. The first one is the goal of the world. The goal of the world is to ascend the ladder. Get as high as you can, as quick as you can. Greatness in the world's eyes is measured by that. It may happen in a variety of ways, through affluence, through appearance, through attention, education, whatever the means, just get there. We're going to study in Scripture this morning. I invite you to turn in your Bible, if you have it, on your Bible app. In Mark chapter 10, we're going to see the desire, the desire to ascend the ladder was even prevalent some 2,000 years ago, the same dream. Mark chapter 10, we'll begin with verse 35. Mark tells us, then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Well, what do you want me to do for you, he asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. Talk about getting the cart before the horse, right? They felt like they deserved the seats of honor. Now, I'm sure that none of us ever worry about being in the corner office, having the seat of honor, or being the first in line, right? Not our problem. Well, Jesus looks back at them and says, you don't know what you're asking. So basically, all three of them are saying, after you ascend the ladder of greatness, let us be on the rung below you. It's okay that you go to the top, but let us be just a rung below you. But what they didn't realize is the ladder Jesus would ascend would eventually be a cross. And look at Jesus' response, Mark 10, verses 37 and 38 now. They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in glory. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with? Now, usually when you hear the word cup in Scripture, it's in reference to death or life. Remember, Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane asked, Father, if it's all po- if at all possible, let this what? Cup. Let this cup be passed from me. He's talking about death. He's emphasizing the intent with that phrase. Can You drink the cup I drink from or be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with. You see, baptism is death to yourself. I think I'm supposed to have, do we have a video there? In all actuality, baptism represents the death, burial, 
and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Again, dying to yourself and living for Christ. That's your intent. Continue, Mark 10, verse 39, 40. We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with. But to sit on my right and my left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. This is a direct prediction that James and John would one day die for their faith, as indeed later they did. Even 2,000 years ago, we are consumed, they were consumed with trying to climb the ladder of greatness. There's a reason why I titled this message Upside Down, because that was Jesus' life. Everything Jesus did was upside down to the way the world set the path. And he's going to use this experience to teach us some important lessons, important lessons that we are to be followers and not merely fans of Jesus Christ. He launches into an impromptu speech, Mark 10 still, now verse 42. Jesus called them together and said, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles, but lorded over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Not so with you. Second realization. The goal of the Christian is to what? Descend the ladder. ladder. Not to ascend the ladder, but to descend the ladder. The goal of us is to take the focus off ourselves and place it on others, meaning we have to humble ourselves. Jesus said in Matthew 23, verses 11 and 12, the greatest among you will be your servant. Whoever wants to exalt himself will be humbled. Whoever humbles himself will be what? Exalted. That's his upside down way. The last will be first. The first will be last. If you humble yourself, you'll be rewarded. Maybe not in this life, but certainly in the life to come. Well, how do we do that? I believe it begins with a grateful spirit instead of a spirit of entitlement where somebody owes me something. Jim Tressel, Coach Tressel, who I spent a lot of time with years ago, his whole principle to every team's success was an attitude of gratitude. I believe that's where it starts as we descend the ladder. I don't need to get my way. My preferences don't always matter. My desires don't always matter. And that begins by crucifying our ego and making it about someone else and not ourselves. And Jesus, wow, did he demonstrate the mindset of a servant in this upside down way. Philippians 2, 3 says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should not look to your own interest, but to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as whose? Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant. 
Jesus demonstrated the mindset, the heart set of a servant, and that violates everything about the world system. The highest came to serve the lowest. The creator came to serve the creation. The one who had everything made himself nothing. He who had the world as a footstool came to the earth to wash the feet of the world. The highest came to serve the lowest. The creator came to serve creation. The one who had everything made himself nothing. He who had the world as a footstool now came to the earth to wash the feet of the world. The mindset of the servant is constantly asking this, how can I put this person ahead of me? Say it with me. How can I Now say it like you really want to do it. All right, here we go. How can I put this person ahead of me? Think about what our lives would look like if every day we went through that, every day we had that kind of attitude. Every place we went. How can I put this person ahead of me? How'd your marriage look? How would your kids look? What about your workplace? What about the line at Giant Eagle? <laughs> it applies everywhere. I agree with Richard Foster when he said, more than any other single way, the grace of humility is worked into our lives through the discipline of service. Jesus put it like this in Matthew 10, 42. If anyone gives a cup of cold water to one of these little ones because he is my disciple, I tell you the truth, he will not lose his reward. How do you make that happen on a daily basis? How can we become great servants? Well, the next few verses help us out. Back to our text, Mark chapter 10 still, beginning with verse 43. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Richard Foster then says this, there's a difference between choosing to serve and choosing to be a servant. When I choose to serve, I retain control about who I serve and when I serve. But when I choose to be a servant, I have given up all rights and all control. If you choose to be a servant, you're always looking for ways to serve, looking for opportunities to serve, even if it doesn't match what you might desire. Serving changes you. But in the process of service, you've got to have the right attitude. You've got to have the right heartbeat. It can't be a, a burden. It's got to be a joy. Years ago, Christian Hurtner was running for re-election as the governor of Massachusetts. And I love this story. One day, he hadn't had any breakfast, hadn't had any lunch. 
and he arrived at an outdoor picnic and he was absolutely starving. He got in line, and he was making his way through the line, filling up his plate, and he got to the chicken, and the lady handed him one piece of chicken. The governor looked at the lady serving the chicken and said, excuse me, you mind if I can have a, another piece of chicken? I'm really, really hungry. Sorry, I'm only supposed to give one piece of chicken to each person, the woman replied. But I'm starved, he repeated. And again, she said, only one piece of chicken per customer. Sorry. Herder, who was normally a modest guy, decided it was time to push around the weight of his office. And he looked at the lady and he said, do you, ma'am, do you know who I am? I am the governor of this state. Do you know who I am? She answered, I'm the lady in charge of chicken. Move right along. Move right along. Sometimes our attitude in service about who we are can get in the way of who we really need to be. Jesus demonstrated this upside-down way of life from washing of the disciples' feet by showing a kindness to an outcast prostitute by reaching out and touching a leopard. Everything he did as he walked this world was upside down. What's that look like for you and me? How do we live that out? Let me forewarn you, if you're looking for some great flash that people are going to notice, it doesn't happen that way. Servanthood is usually done out of the spotlight. It's done in a place where nobody sees and nobody knows, except for God himself oftentimes. It's the husband who hears the child cry in the middle of the night. Instead of pretending to be asleep, he gets up, doesn't disturb the wife, goes and takes care of the child, and doesn't bring it up again the next day. It's the elementary student who walks into the lunchroom and sees a student sitting all alone and goes over and sits down with that student and shares their lunch. It's the coworker who's quick to share the credit when a compliment comes their way. It's the boss who shares his bonus with the rest of the staff. It's the sister who says, it's okay, you can have the front seat. Two Saturdays ago, something amazing happened in the parking lot of our Wadsworth campus. You heard about it, it was called Help Build Hope. And what happened on the parking lot is over 200 volunteers showed up and a little over three hours built two houses that went to Kentucky for people in need. It was an outstanding, amazing day the way God blessed. Watch this highlight.
Isn't that awesome? We need to celebrate that. There'll be opportunities like that for you to get involved where both campuses come together in the future. There are opportunities for you to serve right here in this place right now. From the very simple things to a little bit more complicated things as to how God has gifted you. On the outline this morning, or here on the screen, you can see the website to go to, and you will find things like something that I did this morning, so simple as making sure there are flowers in the lobby each week. Listen, I'm not a florist. That's not my gift. All right? You can get involved putting out the signs every single Sunday, helping with coffee. Raise your hand if you help clean this place weekly or once a month. Raise your hand. Raise it high. Chuck, raise it high. You're a good one. All right? Let's give these guys a hand. Huge. There are simple ways for you to get involved and to get plugged in, and that website will help you get started, and we'll get a hold of you and get you plugged in. Ask yourself, if I really started to live this upside-down kind of life, this life of service, how would my life change? How would my behavior change? How would my daily choices change? And then how would the people around me respond? Maybe they'd faint. I don't know. Maybe they'd be in shock. But truly, they would see life change in you. Give her, and you know, I'm kind of weird. I, I like to close my eyes sometimes and visualize how things might be, especially in heaven. I don't know if you've ever thought about it, but I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to let you think about it here a second. What's it going to be like when God reveals heaven for the very, very first time? Just go with me. Maybe there's going to be a huge room. And all the Christians, all the church attenders, all the believers are going to be filled in this room. And then all of a sudden... Some Christian musicians show up. Some famous speakers like Francis Chan show up. And they start to back of the room and people kind of part and they let them come to the front of the room. Because after all, they've had great testimonies and changed a lot of lives, so they really ought to be in the front of the room. And then maybe some big donors some people who have donated lots of money, have been generous with the way God's blessed them. They show up at the back of the room. And everybody again splits and lets them come up to the front of the room. After all, they, they've given generously and thousands of lives have been changed because of the way they've given. And then maybe the pastors show up in the back of the room. And we're a little sheepish about it, a little awkward, but after all, if anybody deserves to be in the front of the room, it's us, right? And so all the folks from each church, all the believers part, and they make their way. We pastors come to the front of the room. But this is what I imagine happens next. The God of the universe, the Lord of all creation, suddenly appears in the front of the room. Everybody's facing him, and he opens his mouth, and he speaks two words. 
They're more of a command than they are an encouragement. And this is what he says. Turn around. Turn around. And instantly, everyone turns and faces in the opposite direction. And in that moment, they realized that what they thought was the front of the room is actually the back. And a huge wall parts, revealing the most incredible sight you've ever seen. It's heaven. It's a place that the creator of the universe has been working on for over 2,000 years. And those who thought they were in the back are actually in the front. Those folks are the ones who will lead the way into paradise, into heaven. And the Lord will say to each and every one, well done, good and faithful servant. Enjoy the joy and enter into the joy of your king. I want you to reflect on that for a moment as you turn back around and have a seat and listen to this song. Fortune lies beyond the stars Those dazzling heights too vast to climb I got so high to fall so far But I found heaven as love swept down My heart beating, my soul breathing I found my life when I laid it down, upward falling, spirit soaring, I touched the sky when my knees hit the ground. A treasure waits within your star. This gift of freedom gold can't buy. I bought the world and sold my heart. You traded heaven to have me again. My heart beating, my soul breathing. I found my life when I laid it down. Upward falling, spirit. Sorry, I tell. 
churches are filled with fans. People who aren't in the game, people who sit in the seats or sit in the stands, and that doesn't impress an upside-down king. What he's looking for are fully devoted followers, those who follow so closely and have such a commitment that they are covered in the dust of their rabbi. Those are the followers that descend the ladder of greatness, where fans simply observe. Jesus again set the example for us, and I want to read one more time from Philippians chapter 2 a little bit further. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being very nature God did not consider with equality with God something to be grasped. But he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of servant, and he made him Made, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father." You talk about descending the ladder. You talk about an example to follow. That might not bring you success in the world's eyes, but it will bring you success in the only eyes that matter. And he promises to reward you if you simply lay your life down. If you simply lay your life down. Stand with me as I read that chorus one more time. My heart beating, my soul breathing, I found my life when I laid it down. Upward falling, spirit soaring. I touched the sky when my knees hit the ground. Father, I pray for every person here this morning. God, I pray that we would not have an attitude that says we need to climb that ladder, climb that ladder, climb that ladder. When you allowed your son, Jesus Christ, to set the example for us to descend that ladder. God, allow us to give up our lives, to sacrifice our lives, to get on our knees and humbly turn our lives over to you. And Father, if there's someone in this room that has never even done that for the very first time, God, I pray they'd seek me out, seek someone out up here on the stage and say, hey, I want to learn more. I want to learn more about descending this ladder and accepting Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of my life. For the rest of us, God, may we be known as those who are covered in the dust of their rabbi. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.